What is up, everybody, and welcome back to episode nine of the Lombard Trucking Podcast. I'm glad you could be here. Before I begin, I wanted to let you know that you are now able to leave five-star reviews on all of your favorite podcasts. So if you are on the Spotify app right now, if you could, go ahead and drop me a five-star review. It is much appreciated. And if you're listening on Apple, I'd love if you can drop me a five-star review there, too. It definitely helps me out. And as always, you can give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Follow my journeys over the road and personal life. All there. And now to start with the episode, like the title says, I recently had a nice, fun experience on 81 in Virginia through Winter Storm Izzy. But let's start from the beginning of this journey so I can bring you right up to speed and kind of, kind of put you right in the driver's seat of what it's been like for me this past almost week. I put myself on duty on my electronic log on Thursday, January 13th. Got to celebrate my birthday, which was on January 10th at home. It was great. It was a surprise from my company. I really appreciated it. And they let me stay a little bit longer than my 34-hour reset, only just because of the nature of what loads I was going to be getting next. So I left out on the 13th. I left Buda, Austin area, drove right out to Houston. I picked up a load out there in the eastern part of Houston. It was something from just a general import warehouse depot. But it was something for Starbucks. That would be, that's what the bills of lading said. Uh, I got to peek in the trailer. I think it might have been like tumbler cups or something. Just general merchandise, I guess, that's sold at Starbucks coffee shops. And I brought that right from Houston. And that was going up to Springfield, Missouri. Sorry, I had a little bit of a pause there because I was trying to... Uh, <laughs> I was really trying to think. Like I said, this last week's kind of been a blur. So I brought it up to Springfield, Missouri. And I don't know what it is with Missouri because this is the second place I've been to in Missouri where the customer is like this, where you're delivering it to, it's not some military base, but you're going underground and you're in like this cave. And we have one customer at R&R where we pick it up in Independence, which is right outside Kansas City. And it's uh, a bunch of paper uh, and general like uh, cardboard boxing for crumble cookies. And we'll bring that down to near where my company's at and grab it. And you have to go into this cave and it's really hard. And you kind of got, you got blind sides. You got to back up to these doors that are underground and there's no service. Well, I was in the same type of place in Springfield. So I went down there, delivered this Starbucks stuff. And then right from there, I was going to pick up some Walmart self-checkouts, which is something we do that I've explained in the podcast where I talk about R&R picking up some old self-checkouts from a Walmart in Springfield, Missouri, where, if you didn't know, and if I guess if you ever find yourself there at this specific Walmart, they do sell nips of booze right at the right in line there as you're waiting for the self-checkout. So I guess if you're bored, you can shoot down a quick nip, you know, to, uh, you know, keep the keep your blood warm, I guess. So I picked up those self-checkouts, which were going back to my company, uh, and I backed them into a door. Dropped there and I was bobtailed. Now, the next thing I was supposed to be doing is I was going to pick up a load for one of our customers. And like I've explained, where uh, it's this place called Qualser. And we'll take our trailers from their warehouse in Fort Smith. 
can take them out to either New Dunkin' Donuts or Dickie's Barbecue Pit or a Walmart Vision Center. Place that uh, This place manufactures a lot of stainless steel stuff for like their cabinets and the displays and you know, and they make it right there, and then it goes out to these stores. So I was to go down to Fort Smith, grab this trailer, and it was going to Caldwell, New Jersey. So I woke up on Friday the 14th, bright and early, and uh, there was snow on my truck. I went to bed, and it was 50 degrees, and I woke up, and it was 25. Snowing, whatever. It wasn't that bad. Roads weren't covered. And then as I was driving, it was turning into a fucking whiteout. But... I drove, it was 100 miles down to Fort Smith. I got down there, I loaded the trailer, and then it was pouring rain. And then, so all day Friday, for literally 400 miles, it did not stop raining across I-40 East. I parked that night in Dixon, Tennessee, right off Interstate 40 out of Loves. Great Loves, by the way, if you're a driver out there. Uh, they still had spots well after 7 p.m., which is rare for a Loves. Normally, they've got the smaller parking lots, and their parking always fills up quick because they get the nice cleaner showers and cleaner bathrooms. The next morning, Saturday the 15th, that was, uh, that was the beginning of it all. So I woke up that morning. I started doing my pre-trip. It takes me about 15 minutes to bang out a pre-trip to do everything right, check the tire pressure, check the oil under the hood, make sure all the belts are good. You check and make sure that that fifth wheel's locked around the kingpin. Uh, you know, you make sure your trailer tires are good. You know, the whole thing, clean through it. Make sure your truck's good to go to get on the road. Halfway through the pre-trip, it starts snowing. Okay. By the end of the pre-trip, we could no longer see the pavement in the parking lot. Okay. Hey, maybe the ground is warm. We're in Tennessee after all. I slow roll up to the fuel pump because if you actually slow roll your, your, your clock on the electronic log, won't kick yourself onto driving if you go under five miles an hour. So I slow roll up to the fuel pump so I can just wipe down my windows, give them a good cleaning because I got some road gunk on them. And I go inside to get a coffee. I talk to another driver in there. I'm like, hey, man, you know anything? I, I was like, are you driving? Or are you going out? Are you just starting? Just starting a conversation. He's like, yeah, man, I got to keep going to North Carolina. That's my truck out there. I've got you know, to make some money. I know that there's some snow coming, but I'm just going to be careful. And I was like, all right, if this guy's going to go, then it mustn't be too bad. Not a couple minutes I'm on I-40 driving and the roads are getting covered. I mean, there must already be two inches on the roads down packed and I'm going slow when I'm driving. And I'm going 35 miles an hour. I was like, all right, I'm rolling. Let me, let me keep going. About 10 minutes after that, in my head, I'm like, wow, I'm not, I, I felt like I was fucking standing still. So I put in, I see, I, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to pull over. So I put in on my GPS. All right, I'm going to pull into this pilot and I'll just wait till it stops snowing because they'll probably get one plow through grounds. You know, the ground's probably not that cold. I can get going quickly. But I second guessed myself on that because I was thinking, I was like, okay, why, if I stop, then I'm definitely not going anywhere. I'm comfortable. I'm feeling it on my brakes, you know, how fast I could stop, and I'm feeling how much gas I can give it. I'm getting a feel for how this truck is in the snow. It's my first time going through any kind of really bad snow like this. I've caught a couple flurries, lake effect shit up off of uh, 90 in New York, but nothing accumulating. I'm feeling, I'm like, okay, I'm better off rolling than stopping and waiting because then I'm definitely getting nowhere. So I kept going. 
not long after that, it did start to, as the sun was coming up, it started to turn over into rain. And by the time I was going through Nashville, it was just a uh, torrential downpour, which sucked still, but I was rolling. And then as I got out closer to Knoxville, the rain stopped and then I sunlight started coming out right past Knoxville, 40 branches off and you pick up 81 you go up towards Bristol where the motor speedway is and that gets you right into Western Virginia and it crawls you up into Virginia through Roanoke up, up that way into Northern Virginia. You cross into West Virginia and then into Pennsylvania. So I stopped to get fuel and top off at a loves in Meadowview, Virginia. I make a, one of my, I make my first Instagram reel there and I, kind of give a little bit of hype up about making hard decisions and why it pays off in the end. Shortly after I make that reel, I go ahead and I start driving. And I wasn't going to be driving that much further anyways, just to time it out with how I planned on wanting to get to New Jersey the next day. As I'm driving, just as soon as I'm kicking off from the loves, the sun literally starts to disappear and I'm seeing what looks actually like sleep falling. And before you know it, as I'm driving, it, it, it was almost a, a whiteout. The roads were covered. I, it's like I was going 70 miles an hour one, one minute, and then the next I was going 10. I started looking up where I was going to stop. I find a rest stop that's coming up very soon. I go to pull into it. It's absolutely jam-packed. Truckers are already getting off the road. Hot shots are getting off the road. If you don't know what a hot shot is, it's like a Dodge Ram or F-350 dually hauling a gooseneck trailer. It's already filled up. I can't go into this rest stop. I see that there's a small truck stop, another about 40 some odd miles ahead. And there's an app called Trucker Path that I use where drivers actually report if there's spots. Somebody had just said that there's plenty of spots there. I looked on Google Maps as I was pulled over. They seem to have a big lot. Perfect. I can make it there. I'll be there in less than an hour. So I start driving and I'm starting to having to go slower and slower. At this point, you're starting to go up hills. And I'm two miles from exit 128 on Interstate 81 North. And at this point, it's total whiteout. Roads are covered. I'm going down a hill at five miles an hour. Very, very carefully. You don't want to slip. And then at the bottom of this hill, traffic was at a stop standstill. And, the, and there, it, two miles before I was just about to get to this truck stop, and it was still daylight out. And so I stopped, put myself in park, and there we are sitting. I get on the CB radio. I start talking. I'm trying to see if there's anybody ahead of me who knows what's going on. Nobody's answering me. Traffic starts piling up behind me. And so the CB radio on channel 19 it doesn't have a huge range. It's only a couple miles in front or behind you really on the highway, just your general area. And I start having conversations with the guys behind me. I actually had a, I made a good friend over there. Him and I were talking for the, the near three hours we were shut down. His radio handle is Cowboy. He's actually from Texas, lived in Alaska for a few years. He was driving a hot shot himself and we were having a conversation about, you know, a, you name it, everything under the sun. We actually planned on linking up at that truck stop just off the 128 afterwards. We were going to you know, get a coffee and share dinner. So during this time when we're having our conversation, when I'm shut down on the highway, one of the things I'll always, I've always done is I'll go on Twitter and I'll check the local news 
for any weather and traffic updates. Local news is very good at this sort of thing. Shout out Dave Paglisi. Shout out Fox 61. Shout out Fox 35 Orlando. Local news is always on par. They got the cameras out there. Meteorologists. If you know your local news channel, they're always, you know, you know those guys. They're like celebrities in your state. Like if you're from Connecticut, you know Ryan Hanneran. And, and you know you know Rachel Lutzker and all those names of people giving you the traffic and weather conditions. So I'm on there, and I and finally I find WDBJ7, local Roanoke News, and there's this uh, newscaster journalist on there, and he's posting about what is going on on I-81. So I come to find out that there were three accidents right in front of me at the mile marker 127, 128, and 136 all in a row and i guess right at that 128 exit i was supposed to get off of there were drivers truck drivers who were having a hard time getting off the exit and then in front of them it was another slip up of some regular cars and then there was another tractor trailer accident up at the exit 136 so i find that out but then i find him tweet that the accident at the 128 has been cleared so i start interacting with this guy and i send him a picture and i say what do you mean cleared i haven't been moving this guy dms me and he's like are you on 81 now i'm like yeah i'm right at the mile marker 126 i'm still sitting in this traffic and then he asked if i can you know take a phone call or do a video chat and i'm like yeah i, I could talk i could talk i give him my number he goes okay somebody's going to be in touch with you shortly okay cool meanwhile i go back to talking on the cb and i'm telling my buddy cowboy that i'm talking to these guys on twitter and then finally I start to see the brake lights click on in front of me and we start moving. I'll come back to the news interview later. So we start moving and it's a slow roll. Virginia DOT and state police are actually getting us off the highway at exit 128. There's a police, there's two cops who have blocked off that truck stop. They're not letting anybody in because it's a, a, an abortion in there. It is so full of drivers and other cars and people who just wanted to get off the road that they weren't even letting traffic down that road. So they forced you off exit 128, got you on route 11. And so it was follow the leader at that point. I, I didn't know, all I was doing was just following the guy in front of me because I, where else is anybody gonna go? We're still chatting on the CB radio and, that, and some guys are like, hey, they, they're letting people back on 81. This is what they're doing. So all they did was bypass us off the highway and all you could do is get back on. So there was this long line to get back onto the highway and you had to make a left turn and then another right to get back on. At this left turn, it was kind of up a hill. And then in the middle of that whole intersection, it must be almost a foot of snow there from just snow being piled up from cars turning. And so what was happening was there was a wrecker at this intersection, like a big uh, tow truck wrecker that can tow tractor trailers. And all this wrecker was doing was as the tractor trailers made the turn, especially if you were, some could make it, but if you're loaded, it was impossible to make it. So all this wrecker was doing was, was taking off the little plastic hitch off the front and they had to pull drivers through the intersection, straighten you out, unhook, let you get on the highway, and then they did it for the next truck. Finally, it's my turn, I go to make the turn, I get stuck, this guy chains right onto my tow hitch on the front of my truck, pulls me through the intersection, I turn to get back on the highway. It's still snowing like crazy out while this is happening. The snow hasn't stopped yet. I'm still talking to Cowboy on the radio, a couple other drivers. 
And the general consensus was, hey, the TA in Lexington and the Petro just north of there in Raffine, Virginia, has both of them have over 250 spots. It looks like they have spots. That's about 65 miles north. So I still have to drive 65 miles from where I'm at in the snow on the highway. And I at and you can't go basically faster than 35 because all 81 is is uphill and then downhill. And then when you're going down the hill, you're not even going over 15 at that point. At this time is when I get the phone call from the lady from the news to have an interview. And I start telling my whole story and synopsis of my events leading up to that day. And, and I want to appreciate them giving, giving me that time and giving a voice to, to drivers out there on the road uh, and putting that out there on their local news site. They posted a nice article about it. I posted it on my Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Definitely go check it out. Now, I managed to get to the TA in Lexington. Um, honestly, I'd never been more relieved. Those were the, I consider those past 48 hours the most trying of my driving career so far. But like I put in my first Instagram reel, you have to make these hard decisions and you have to do hard shit in your life. So that way, when it comes to your everyday life and other shit that happens, it all seems like glass. When you accomplish hard tasks and you go through harder times and and you take those situations head on, your future eventually becomes easier. Things that were hard won't seem so hard anymore. So I'm glad it's something I went through. I know how this truck handles. I know how a commercial vehicle can handle better now. I feel more confident so that the next time I either, if I'm caught off guard again, I'll be prepared for it. And now I know to kind of just plan ahead a little bit better. I had looked at the radar for this weather storm, and when I had gotten to Meadowview, I just thought I was ahead of the game. I thought I was going fast enough, and I was at a point to where I'm going to beat this storm system as it continues to go north. And just unfortunately, my truck is governed, and Mother's Na- Mother Nature's not, and I got caught up in it. So what can you do? But it was a learning experience. Uh, it was nerve-wracking to go through. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it, as I made that trip, from when I got back on the highway to Lexington, kind of a little bit of it was kind of a little bit of a graveyard out there. I saw over six trucks, tractor trailers on their side. Some of them right off the highway. Maybe they pulled off and their that weight of their trailer slipped them down. Uh, some completely tipped over on their sides. Trailer busted. Their loads flown out. Uh, uh, there was a, a bunch of cars that were stuck off the road in the median. So it's kind of a graveyard. And when you see that along the way, you know, it kind of hits you. Your reality kind of sets in and it's like, oh, you know, happen to them. There's nothing that could stop it from happening to me. But, you know, felt a little bit of my grandfather with me, you know, was kind of just staying focused, stayed in the zone, auto zone. And uh, I, I made it and I'm glad I did. And, you know, I'm glad, uh, glad to be here recording and talking about it from from my truck and that it's all in one piece and that I'm not recording this from some hotel room waiting for my truck to finish be getting fixed or something like that. Now, moving on, this is something I had thought about leaving out of the podcast because this isn't the direction I want my content to go. 
but I feel as though I would be remiss to leave this out. I talked about it on Instagram a little bit when my emotions were a little bit higher. I got kind of got pissed off about it. And this isn't like a lesson. I'm not telling anybody what to do. It's just my own thought on it. Like I said earlier, if I'm ever stopped in traffic and the highway shut down, I'll go to Twitter to check local news for weather and traffic updates. Something I don't think I should have to do is surf through thousands of tweets from people expressing their frustration about Virginia's new governor. Look, I don't know anything about Virginia's politics. The only thing I know is that the last governor was this guy who liked to paint his face black at parties. I don't know, maybe that's why he lost. You, you, be, you be the judge. I'm not sure. But during the times of like a crisis, a major weather emergency, or in an event where information kind of needs to flow freely and smoothly, maybe just read the fucking room. Just for once. Read the room and shut the fuck up. You know, I'm not saying nobody's opinion matters. Everybody is entitled to it. And everybody's entitled to share it. I get it. But there's a time and a place. Like I said, read the fucking room and just for once, shut the fuck up. But hey, I'm going to leave it there. Leave it at that. You can agree, disagree. Up to you. If you want to talk about it, like I said, feel free to reach out. We can talk offline. No more about it here. That's not the direction this content is going. We talk trucking here. We're moving forward. We're positive, motivated. Uh huh. We keep rolling. All right. Hey, to close it out, I had a couple people mention it on Instagram. Uh, I've been wearing this uh, funny white fuzzy hat with a red star on it. And uh, I just wanted to mention where I got it real quick because it's funny to think back because I really haven't ever worn it much throughout the past decade. So coming in and out of Afghanistan, there's an Air Force base called Manas, Kyrgyzstan. And they have a couple little stores on that base where the locals sell little trinkets. And Kyrgyzstan itself being a member of the former member of the Soviet Union, they now capitalize. Haha, get it? See what I did there? Oh, rim shot. Uh, they capitalize on their former membership as a Soviet bloc country, and they sell old and new shit with fucking sickles and hammer on it and stuff like that, and people buy it. It's cool looking, so I picked that hat up. It's white and fuzzy. I was like, yeah, I'll wear this in winter because I live in Connecticut, and it's cold. And then I never wore it, and it kind of just sat in one of those winter clothes bins next to some scarves. And then before I set out this past week, I was in our garage in our new house, and I saw it, and I said, you know what? might come in handy so I decided to bring it with me this time and it's kind of what I want to do out here like when it comes to making content and stuff on Instagram or as I start making YouTube's like say you know kind of peacocking a little bit that's how you stand out you you wear a big white fuzzy hat you fucking wear Hawaiian shirts you know the whole shebang so that's that's where the hat is that's where it came from just wanted to kind of add that out there so it wasn't a, a big mystery But hey, that's all I got for you guys today. Thanks again for listening. I really do appreciate it. Like I said at the top of the show, if you could drop me a five-star review on Spotify or Apple or wherever you're listening to this, that'd be awesome. Please be on the lookout for that YouTube link on my Twitter and Instagram. I'm in the process of making a little intro. 
and I hope to be recording and dropping some video content very, very soon. Hey, share this podcast with a friend. Maybe you know another truck driver. Maybe you know somebody who thinks what I have to say is worth their time. Either way, share it out there. I'd appreciate it. If you know anybody who's interested in getting their CDL, please have them reach out to me. I would love to help them or you guide them through the process of getting their commercial driver's license and having them come out here and try what I think is a very fulfilling career. And always, if you ever just want to talk, I'll be here.